Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm your host Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcast host. And today I'm joined by Jared, former design manager at Redfin and Expedia. And our today, our topic today focuses on ways that you can start learning UX. And who could be better than Jared, a self-taught, a self-taught designer who made his way up to be head of product design for one of the biggest real estate companies in the States. And before we dive into the episode, I wanted to remind you to support my podcast in becoming self-sustainable so I can keep on inviting more experienced guests like uh, Jared to give you tips on how to succeed in your career. And if you want to scale your network, discover job opportunities, get your portfolio reviews and be mentored by me, um, you can join our Discord channel from my website, usersfirstpodcast.com. If you like what I do and want to contribute to my mission and inspiring other UX designers, um, you can even offer me a coffee from my website. Thanks for joining us, Jared. This is, a, this is amazing, man. I'm, I'm honored to have you here. You have been doing a lot of things for the UX communities out there. I know you've recently done a hackathon as well. Congrats, man. Thanks for coming. Yeah, excited to be here. I've been doing a lot with the design community lately. Really enjoy it, having fun. As long as I'm having fun, I'm going to keep doing it. Beautiful, beautiful. And you even have a podcast. I do. It's called The Jared O Show. I interview many people in tech, some leaders outside of tech talking about uh, how to have a successful career uh, and uh, leadership. That's something that really fascinates me. So how do you be successful in your pursuit and how do you get other people to want to do the things that you're excited to do? Yeah, that's dope. And, and I think that's also like a very good way to, to connect with people that, uh, that, you, that you might have a, a hard time to connect with. Uh, you know, like maybe leaders that are way ahead of you or people that work in large corporations. Opening your own podcast is, is an adventure, I have to say. Yeah, it's a little hack to maybe get to talk to some of the people that you admire, that inspire you, that are a little outside of your network. You can say, hey, uh, will, you join, will you join me on a podcast episode? They're more likely to say yes than, hey, will you sit on a phone call and just you and I talk for two hours and I don't know you? And <laughs> So they're a little bit more receptive to, yes, I'll do a podcast episode. And I get to they learn are. a lot and meet really interesting people, which I love. They are, man. Uh, now that you're telling me this, I'm remembering that there was a designer, a very junior UX designer some time ago that had just started in the field and in, order to, in order to get visibility and to, you know, get himself, get himself out there in front of other senior UX designers. He opened a YouTube channel and he recorded over 100 episodes with the, the, leads, uh, the lead UX designers of the biggest organizations in the world. And now I think he's probably working for Facebook, right, Paul? Wow, he's very clever. Very clever. It's very clever. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent strategy. Uh, it, it requires. I mean, it's it's not just clever. It requires a ton of effort too, which I'm, I'm sure you well know. Producing video, producing content is a lot of effort. <laughs> so it's not without effort. It's not it's not exactly a hack, but it's a clever strategy. Yeah, a clever strategy. Look, especially if you're a teenager or if you are not working uh, full time, mm-hmm. and and you have yeah. the time. You have the time, right? So, so put in the work. It's definitely worth it. It's, it's going to give you a job in the future. Um, there is a ton of ways outside of your resume and outside of your portfolios that can get you a job. You can open your own blog. You can open a YouTube channel. You can open a podcast on UX. Uh, really, the possibilities are infinite. You just have to look outside of the box. I agree. This is the, the network piece or visibility piece for me. Like there's three things that really get you an interview and UX design. It's your portfolio, your resume. And then the third one is like, who do you know? Your network, your visibility. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is like, I think it's about, you know, 
who do you know? Like meeting some new people, like this is the, his, this person's strategy that you talked about. He's, he's literally meeting people under the context of, of this YouTube channel. Um, and he's certainly increasing his visibility and profile um, by being seen by, I'm guessing, you know, more than just himself and the person that he's interviewing with on YouTube. So um, yeah, that's the, that's the third, third element. And in, in how do you, how do you land UX interviews? Yeah, it's, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Well, you should also you should also be knowledgeable. It helps if you know something too. <laughs> yes, uh, that ideally, was, you have a combination. <laughs> yeah, combination <laughs> would be ideal, of course. Uh, Jared, why don't you give us a quick rundown of a few ways that people can transition and start learning UX in 2022? A lot of things have changed. Technology has been going forward, and there is many ways nowadays that people can learn about UX. Yeah. So if somebody came to me and said, Hey, like, I want to learn UX, what should I do? I would have a couple questions for them initially. Like, I'd want to know what's bringing them to UX. Like, do they have a goal in mind? Like, do they want to become a professional UX designer? And, and, and probably, and we'll probably talk about that case mostly, but sometimes no, like sometimes they're just interested and they want to do it for fun. Sometimes they want to supplement that in their existing career. I, you know, I've talked to product managers that want to learn UX. They don't want to become a UX designer but they want to be a better product manager by having a more solid understanding of UX. And I've also talked to engineers in a similar position where I don't want to become a UX designer, but I want to understand UX so I can be a better engineer and create better software. So the strategy, an optimal strategy only makes sense, optimal only makes sense in context of a goal. So we need to understand first what your goal is. And I think for the purposes of our conversation, we're probably mostly focused on, hey, I know or I think I know that I want to become a professional UX designer, Jared, like, how do I do that? So I would have a second question from that, which is like, well, tell me about your journey so far. Like, what's your background? Are you in high school thinking about going to college? Have you already built a successful career in another space? Have you gone to college at all? Do you have an undergraduate degree? How close is your current job? to just UX design. Do you work and collaborate with UX designers today? You know, all these things are gonna help me determine what is gonna be a feasible and effective path for you. But, but generally there's three paths that you can take to become a professional UX designer. And they're not really three distinct paths, so they're three different points on a spectrum of independence to dependence. So the most independent path that you can take is to be self-taught. You can create a curriculum for yourself. You can learn these skills on your own. And you can, assuming that you become a capable designer through this process, and you can demonstrate that in a portfolio and in an interview, you can get a job. And I have certainly proven this myself um, as a professional UX designer. You can do that. You don't have to have a degree. And that isn't the case for some things like becoming a surgeon, let's say. <laughs> How do you find the books? How do you find the resources? Well, that's the challenge of being self-taught is that you have to figure that out on your own. Now you can get some tips from maybe people like you and, and me in this conversation that we have together on what books might be helpful. And I'll, I'll tell you a few that were helpful for me and, and my journey. And you know, this not, now might now be a little bit dated, but I still think they're very solid books. A classic is the design of everyday things. It's not particularly about interaction design, but it's about design in general. That's where I would start. I would also tell them to do uh, uh, Don't Make Me Think. This is a classic UX book. Not really about de uh, design decisions, but just about UX. 
Uh, I would also recommend uh, a book that was influential for me, but I looked it up on Amazon before our, our interview. It doesn't have that many reviews, but they're all positive. So I guess it's not popular from other people, but uh, design, Designing the Obvious is another book that uh, really helped it. me. Yeah, it's, it's got examples from like 15 years ago. So like they, it looks like, you know, like dial up internet looking examples, <laughs> but the, the principles I think are still solid. And then the last recommendation of a book that I think is great uh, is um, anything by Clay Christensen. He's famous for this concept of the job to be done. And it's, I think it's really a, uh, an essential understanding to making good product decisions, which is part of being a successful UX designer. Um, so he's got a book called Competing Against Luck that I think he really dives into that topic. Um, so this is not specifically about um, like uh, layout and typography, but this is about how to make good product decisions, which is um, probably even more important and underlies the, the UX decisions. That sounds amazing, man. I hope the listeners are taking notes. Yeah. yeah and, and they have quite a bit of reading to do now, at least a couple of months of deep, hard reading. Yeah, well, that's the challenge, I think, and the, and the trade-off with, you know, this approach is that you've got to do a lot more work to create a curriculum for yourself. And, and you've got to keep yourself accountable and you've got to be disciplined to keep going. And the upside is that it's free mm -hmm. and that there's, and, and that there's total freedom yes. that you can decide how you want to run it. You're, if you get bored, it's your fault. It's nobody else's fault, but your own. So for many people, they can benefit from having a little bit more structure. They can benefit from somebody else creating a curriculum for them. They can benefit from the social accountability of being part of a program or curriculum because that's going to help them actually make progress and get things mm -hmm. done. So if we move up the spectrum a little bit of independence and away from independence, we get to a boot camp, which is the second path that we can discuss. So boot camps have popped up, especially over the last uh, three or four years as viable options of breaking into the UX space, especially for career transitioners. You know, these are people that have already established a career in another industry. They've decided that UX design is something that they want to pursue and they want to quickly move into that space. Many of these programs are, you know, anywhere from six to 12 months long, with the idea of within a year, you can move into this brand new industry with little or no experience at all. Now, I'm not going to endorse any specific uh, design bootcamp, um, in part because uh, I haven't taken any of them personally, but also because I think there are a lot of great options. Some are self-paced, where they just provide the curriculum for you and they're solo and you kind of do it at your own. Some are cohort-based, where you're working with a team and you will even do team projects with other designers. But the general idea behind these bootcamps is not to not only teach you these skills, but to help you create a portfolio which is what you'll need to eventually get a job. Right. They, they, well, now that you know the theory, you need to have also some practicality and actually speak to people that are in the field. So that's why boot camps, boot camps work. What is the other... You mentioned you have three paths. What is, three, what is the, yeah. what so is we the did other two. one? So at the very end of the spectrum is the most structure, probably the most expensive and the, and the biggest time commitment, and that's to go to university for design. Now, the programs that I think are, are closest to UX design today are um, HCI, so human-computer interaction, HCD, human-centered design, and then some universities, including the one closest to me, University of Washington, have 
interaction design specific program tracks with so the IXD program, mm -hmm. uh, interaction design program. <clears throat> Jared, uh, if, I was, if I was now a person that wanted to start UX, first off, yeah. I would ask myself, you know, the reason why I want to start UX. What, what kind of career path do I want to take? What backgrounds, what backgrounds do I have? But how do I know which one of these paths, bootcamps, books, or degrees is best for me? How do I, yeah. how do I make that decision in 2022? Yeah, this is where the, the answer to your questions becomes fundamental. Like if you've got an undergraduate degree, you probably don't want to go do another four-year program at university and take chemistry again and take math. You probably don't want to do that. Um, that's probably not going to be efficient use of your time. So instead, if you really benefit from structure, you want to have the prestige of a university behind your name and you want to have an accelerated track, then you can take a, actually a graduate program at a university in HCI or HCD. Um, that's going to be the most expensive, the biggest time commitment, but it's also going to come with the most prestige and you're going to have a thorough learning that's provided by top professionals. Yeah, so, most effective. You know, you're probably going to, you're, you're also going to have right away an opportunity to work for some of the biggest corporations out there as well. I'm talking about absolutely Facebook, yeah, absolutely, Tesla, yeah. Google. As soon as you have a, a degree in, uh, in product design, you are far ahead from the competition. I think so, you know, um, I think like so. I think it's earlier helpful. in your career, like if you're self, uh, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong about this, uh, Jared. Maybe I'm misinformed. Um, yeah. But if you have if you have that one one year in the university for human human uh, human interaction design or whatever all whatever else that is related, um, you can really step up in your career very early. If you're self-taught, it's going to take you slightly longer. I think you get uh, more access quicker. I think you're absolutely right. And, and, and I will say, you know, when I broke into design as a self-taught designer, the space was, was less competitive. I mean, that's just the reality. And the space is becoming increasingly competitive because at what, what it means to be entry level, the bar is increasing pretty rapidly because these design programs, these universities, these boot camps are doing a great job. Like that's the good news is that these programs that are out there now are excellent. And so that they're, they're producing designers that are, much more capable than certainly I was when I got my first job as a, as a designer. So that means that the space is getting more competitive. That means that you have to do a better job as a self-taught designer um, to be able to compete with those designers, or you just limit your access to the top companies. Um, and that might be okay. So, so generally when, when somebody's pursuing a self-taught path, what I wanna hear about their background, what, the reason I'm asking those questions is I wanna hear that they're already in a role that's in proximity to the UX design role. So are they a, a former engineer? Are they a, uh, somebody that's in project management? Are they, you know, programming? Like, are they already at a tech company? Do they already have some network within the, de the design or technology space? Um, are they already learning on their own? Like if they're already, like if, if those things are in place that I, and then I have some level of confidence that they can be successful as a self-taught designer. But if they're not already learning at their, on their own, like I'm, I'm really worried. Cause I'm like, wait, so you're waiting for permission to like start learning on your own. You're probably not going to be, you know, disciplined and have the level of independence necessary to be successful self-taught in this space. Or if you don't already have these connections, like you're probably, you're going to have trouble breaking into, you know, even mid-tier companies without a strong network in this space as a self-taught designer. So you should probably consider a bootcamp approach or a university approach, depending on your background. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know what we're talking about it really reminds me of the way that I started in UX I actually did it, I did take a 6 months um a 6 
man's di- diploma online and <clears throat> because because i needed i needed the self uh, i needed the self aware I, I needed that extra security of knowing yeah. that we have like a, like some kind of degree or certificate but when i actually finished the diploma then i realized oh shit i could have learned this myself you know through books as well <laughs> so i just spent <laughs> yeah, like two two thousand three thousand pounds or dollars or whatever uh for yeah. something that i could have easily learned for free uh from books or if i had reached out online to people through linkedin i would have learned it for free so in the end um you know when you are paying for boot camps or when you're paying for degrees you're kind of paying others to do the hard work for you <laughs> that's that, correct yeah that that's what sense. that's what's built into the price i think you're absolutely right like what you're paying for when you go and do a boot camp or you even even especially if you go to university is you're paying for them to do the work of figuring out everything that you need to learn putting that in, in, a, in a logical order in a sequence creating a curriculum you have to create that for yourself that takes a lot of time and effort you're probably going to get it wrong it's probably going to be messy but you'll figure it out as long as you're dedicated and disciplined and you keep at it so it might be a little bit of a longer path, uh, self-taught to get the same level of improvement, same level of achievement. Um, but it's possible and it certainly saves you a lot of money. You're also paying, I think, for a level of social accountability. Like, I don't know about for you, but for me, like um, being on a team, having somebody else expect you to get something done makes it more likely that I get that thing done. And when it comes to like learning and improving and making progress towards our goals, it's helpful to have that accountability. And so being a part of a boot camp where you have homework, you've got teammates, you're building a project together, like you might actually put in more effort. You might actually get more work done because you're being held accountable. That's most people. But some people, they get even more energy from freedom and like getting to do things their way and only focusing on the things that they're most passionate and excited about. And so for those people, being self-taught gives you total freedom. So for those people, maybe, Maybe the self-taught. So, so it's about understanding yourself, understanding your background to figure out the right option here. Yeah. And, and how much money you have too, right? How much money <laughs> you have too. Yeah. Like, like most people, like most people that get into UX are whether working full time. So they do have the budget for it. It's not a problem. They just want to understand, you know, if it's worth uh, to put two, three or four or 5,000 or even 10,000 into like some kind of bootcamp or degree. And a lot of them are also like students or they just don't know what to do in their life and they have no money whatsoever and <laughs> and they're probably considering the books. Uh, so this is quite, a, quite an interesting option. And, and, and Jared just explained you kind of based on your situation, which direction you should go. And Jared, like once you start, um, once you start learning, right? Yeah. You learn about a lot of things. Like you start saying you know, UX, UI, research. Oh my God, I'm getting so confused. What the hell is going on? What, what is all of these career paths? <laughs> like, oh man, how, how do I know? Like, what do I want to be? Like, if I was a person starting UX, like, how do I know? Like, do you want to go to UX? Do you want to go to UI? Do I want to go to research? How, how do I figure out my path? Yeah. Well, you don't really know, at least with 100% confidence, especially out of the gate. I, you know, I think this is like anything in life. You've got to try things to figure out what you love, what you enjoy, what you like, and what you want to commit to ultimately. I would say the same thing if we bring it back to building a career in design. If you're on the outside of this right now, you probably don't know like, how committed you are to it. And that's also a factor to consider when you're thinking, well, should I spend $30,000 a year to go to university to do this thing? I, I better be pretty committed to it. 
Um, so you need to try things, I think is the answer. You need to try this out. And fortunately, if you, if you become a, a professional UX designer, often you will get to do all of these things. You'll get to do user research. You'll get to do design. You certainly get to do visual design as well. Um, and so if you want to specialize later in your career, there's nothing disqualifying you, you to be able to do that. In fact, you're kind of on an on-ramp to be able to do that. So you can, you can pivot, you can move, you can adapt, you can move in the direction that lines up with what gives you energy, what you enjoy, what you find interesting. Um, once you're already, you know, closer to these uh, roles, making money, um, knowing the people that would hire you for these roles, like you're already, you're already there almost. Mm -hmm. Why, why experimenting in the beginning? Like, what's the benefit of experimenting as soon as you start doing UX design the first couple of years? You know, uh, at, at the least, why is it so important to experiment? Like, what, what do you, what do you see? Well, I mean, there's two, there's two elements here. Like, like let's say, um, let's say you've never had papaya, the fruit, and I go, hey, uh, do you like papaya? And, and, and will you commit now to like spending the next four years eating papaya? And you're like, well, I mean, what's your answer to that? I, You've I never had papaya. papaya. I love, you papaya love papaya myself, man. Okay, but let's say you haven't had papaya. <laughs> well, like, well, how do you respond to that? I don't know. Like, to be honest, I've had papaya only like a couple of times. I've never had it like more than a couple of times. So I, I, would, I wouldn't stick to it for four years. Yeah. But, like, if, if somebody's never had it, they're going to say, oh, do you, I'm going to say, do you like it? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I go, well, let me tell you a little bit about it. Um, it's a fruit. And you go, well, I like fruit. You go, and it's sweet. And you go, well, I like sweet things. Okay, so, so do you like it? Well, I might. I don't know for sure. But I, I, I've got some clues that there are things that are about it that I seem to like. So when it comes mm -hmm. to design, are, do you like creating things? Are you creative? Are you interested in psychology and people and how they make decisions? Uh, do you like creating beautiful things? Do you, um, uh, like, those are clues that help you figure yeah. out, okay? But ultimately, like, you've got to try it. <laughs> and then you can make a judgment on your own. Like, do I like this thing? Do I enjoy this thing? That's how you're going to figure out whether or not you like papaya. Then you can tell me whether or not you're willing to eat papaya for the next four years. <laughs> that's um, a very good point. But guess what? If you don't like it, you can go and change your mind. I think that's what everyone's afraid of. Change like, there's mind, bigger yeah. consequences with choosing a career path than there is with eating papaya. Like, that's the big difference is that people feel like, well, I can't make a, a, a wrong decision here because then I'll have to backtrack or I'll have to pay or I'll, there'll be a waste of money or you've got to make choices. <laughs> you've got to make, you've got to make, you've got to take on some risk here. Yeah, the worst thing that you can do is, is hesitate here. Yeah. Yeah. You have to hesitate. Um, but I've, I think that making choices in the first year that you start learning UX, it, it could be very dangerous for you. Because you haven't you haven't tested everything, a hundred percent yet. So yeah. experimentation should be in the next, in, like in the first couple of years, maybe three years, and then you can start specializing into something. Um, I remember when I was when I first started. Um, in the first year, I was pretty sure I was gonna specialize in into um, UX research. Really, I, I was like, yeah, I love I love speaking to people. You know, I love asking questions, and um, you're like, doing maybe, that here on this interview, my friend. Yeah, thanks so much, man. And and uh, yeah, I felt like you know I think I have a gift. Actually, I was speaking with people, and I want I want to take it forward. But then I started trying other things. 
I started to run workshops. I started to utilize my critical thinking skills into uh, design sprints, uh, making flows, and and I was like, ah, you know, I can I can do a lot of things actually. I'm not really I'm not just good at research because I experimented different things, not just the papaya fruit. Then I knew that I needed more time to see where I was going. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to try a lot of things to figure out who you are, what's important to you, what you like, to build a career that's going to be fulfilling for you, that you're going to enjoy, and ultimately that's going to have the biggest impact, the biggest achievement. I I think that's why many, where many people get satisfaction in their career is, is making a difference, being impactful. Like the work that you produce means something to someone. Um, and so we want to maximize that. Like we want to get the highest level of that impact, highest level. Um, I happen to think if what you do, your career, your, your role, your discipline lines up with the things that are important to you, that give you energy that you enjoy, like you talked about connecting with people, bringing people together, um, talking about interesting ideas, like these things you're doing in this conversation, but doing in many other contexts, That's you're going to feel alive. You're going to feel rich. You're going to feel full. You're going to have a lot of energy that you did that you won't wouldn't have doing these things that you find mundane and boring. Okay. And guess what? When you have higher energy and effort, the inputs higher, maybe the outputs higher too. I think the outputs higher, much higher. We're going to achieve higher results. We're going to achieve more in our career. We're going to have a bigger impact. It's very, yeah. It's also, um, when you like what you do and other people see it, you also have, um, you also can affect other people as well. Like you become very influential. Uh, you being a leader, um, being, being a design leader, you know that uh, like when you are a leader, you need to always have this kind of enthusiastic energy because if you don't, then the rest of your team <laughs> won't follow you. Yeah, I think emotion's contagious. And I think when you're in a position of leadership, it's magnified further. Because at the end of the day, uh, whether you like it or not, you're, you're, your behavior is modeled by people. You're the role model. <laughs> and you so, are. you know, this is like the, the, one of the first leadership principles that I learned being an older brother of nine siblings. If somebody's doing something wrong, I first have to check myself for that behavior. Okay. As a leader and as an older brother. <laughs> um, if, 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 my, if my younger brother was getting in trouble, uh, often in my family, I, it was my fault. I had to do something about it. It was, I was doing something wrong that was uh, making it so that he was misbehaving, okay? So I always check that as a leader. And I think that's true with emotions as well. If we're um, not excited, if we're not confident about the future of the company, um, if we're not passionate about the team and, and the work that we're doing, how can we expect that from other people? I mean, I don't think Great. we can with integrity. Also, if, if we want people to feel that, again, emotion is contagious. How do we get other people to feel something? Well, we can feel it, and then we can pass it to other people. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. I, I was reading about kind of this lately. Um, I was reading about mission statements lately. Um, I don't yeah. know if you, ever, if you ever heard of mission statements before. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, like, if you have, you know, if, you're, if you become independent in your life and you know what you want, and you have clear objectives for yourself, then you can start working with other people towards common objectives. So like if you are a leader, for example, right? And, you, um, and you're handling a team, 
How can you handle a team if you don't know yourself? First, you need to figure out yourself, your objectives in life, be a good leader for yourself. Then you can lead the rest of the team and you can be influential. If you don't discover yourself first, how can you expect to lead other people? You're going you're gonna to lead them to hell if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of self-development that is often the best place to go to to be a more effective leader. Mm-mm. Like it's often working on you and like you're, you're <laughs> yourself more than anything. I mean, yes, there are there is tactics and specific skills and strategies to be an effective manager, an effective leader, but I think a lot of it is self-work, honestly. Self-work, uh, you're right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it relates kind of to the first point that you brought up as well. Like you have to know yourself, like why, why, are, you starting, why are you starting UX in the first place? Like what am I doing? You know, what are my backgrounds? You know, like, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Why am I doing this in the first place? Like, who do, like, who am I going to affect by doing this? Like, what is my objective of, of learning UX? There, there, there is a lot of critical thinking of and self-improvement there and uh, even starting UX, I see. Yeah, and you mentioned this idea of mission statement. Like, that applies to certainly a company. Like, often, like, every startup will, like, first think about, well, what's our mission statement? And, you know, mm. my, you know, if we, if we go into like, uh, you know, a car rental place, we might see it like on a framed picture on the wall, like our mission is to, you know, <laughs> serve customers, like, okay. But, so like every company th- uh, thinks or has a mission statement, but what that really is to my, in my understanding is the impact that you want to have with your organization, with your team, with your effort. Like if everything goes well, what impact do you have on other people? And I think you can have that for your life too, which is what you're suggesting and your career. Like if everything goes well, like what impact do I want to have on other people? And I think that's a, a very revealing, a very interesting, a very important question to answer for yourself. What impact do you want to have on other people? Yeah. Yeah. And that requires a lot of maturity. I think like once you go through a lot of things and you experiment a lot in design <laughs> in life, then, then you can start to, to figure it out. But first you have to put yourself out there. Like some, in some way you have to put yourself out there. Uh, example, I'm traveling this summer. I have never traveled to any other countries rather than United Kingdom and, um, and Italy. And yeah. I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to Portugal this summer. I'm going to France. I'm going to Poland. I'm putting myself out there. And whatever outcomes there's going to be are going to be great. I'm, I'm going to have definitely some bad experiences. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I, I, to be honest, I don't know. I might get food poisoning in Portugal. I don't know. Something's <laughs> something going to happen. I'm going to get hit by a huge wave while surfing in Portugal or something. But th- there's going to be great outcomes out of it. Um, there's always learning with experimenting. You've got a great perspective on it, my friend. You know, the way that you describe it, it sounds like an adventure. It does, yeah. (laughs) And that makes it exciting. And does adventure mean there's no mistakes and there's no danger? I mean, I actually, I hope there's some danger with adventure. I hope not, to be honest. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, no, I feel like, (laughs) damn it. (laughs) I feel feel like, uh, (laughs) no, I don't feel good about the trip anymore. (laughs) I've spoiled it for you. No, no, no. I'm going to stay in Glasgow now. (laughs) Oh, no. Beautiful, Jared. Um, Look, so for the listeners that want to start learning UX, and, you know, we have a lot of great points that we can take out of the podcast. Um, Yeah. First. Why do you want to start learning UX? Ask yourself the main questions. What's your background? Why are you doing this? What do you want to learn? Second, 
where do you learn these kind of things? Are you taking, are you going to take boot camps? Are you going to start reading books? Are you taking degrees? Are you taking online courses? And ask yourself, why are you taking them? And what's your budget? What's your current situation in life? Do you have a family? Do you not have a family? Do you work full time? Do you not work full time? See, you have to see and look at your time management as well as money management. And uh, lastly, as well, <clears throat> the last point that, um, that Jerry brought up was um, about don't be afraid of experimenting. Uh, so try different things out in order to choose your career path. It's never too late. It's never too early. But experiment as far as you do that, you should be fine. You can always go back to your previous decision. Um, this career is very flexible. You can always change around your role. I know many people that have changed their role like 10 times just to get paid a little bit more. So you're always on time to do that. Um, Jared, do you feel like we missed anything else um, that you'd like to add to the podcast episode? Um, just get started. Like pick a path, be, be willing to be wrong, maybe be wrong, and you will adapt and you will make progress and you will get to where you want to be. As long as you start as long as you make progress as long as you be you're willing to make mistakes if you get too afraid if you analyze for too long you don't make any progress at all and that's the worst possible position so get started even if you're not a hundred percent sure because you'll know whether or not it's the right path when you're on the path yeah you do that's some solid advice, man. Um, really, thanks, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that we did this chat. Um, sometimes we, I do a lot of episodes, you know, on, 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 on UX stuff, but we never actually get to the core on why we're getting into UX. And, and this is beautiful. I feel, I feel very inspired and I hope we are touching a lot of people's lives. And I'm sure we'll do, uh, you know, like in a couple of years, this, this episode is going to be seen by thousands of people. And uh, you know, we're going to be getting LinkedIn messages and so on. We're, we're touching people's lives, man. And, and I'm, I'm very glad that we're doing this. Um, look, if people wanted to get in touch with you, where, where should they contact you? Yeah, they can go to my website, uh, jaredodegaard.com, which is the same as my name. Um, and they can contact me there. They can reach me on ADP as well. ADPlist.org is a platform to find mentors, which is another great resource we didn't have time to mention here. If you want looking to find uh, seasoned designers, software engineers now, and product managers and find a mentor, it's a great platform. I'm on there. You can look me up on there. Um, I'm also on social media under my, my same name, Jared Odegaard. Um, but yeah, if you would like to talk to me, uh, you're welcome to reach out that way. Also, you can listen to my podcast. This is my plug. Uh, you can listen to my podcast, The Jared o, o Show. Uh, season one is now available on Spotify and Apple. Season two will be out in, uh, in April of this year. Brilliant. Thanks again for being on the show, man. Uh, this was very insightful. And again, that was Jared Odegar, former design manager at Redfin. And if you enjoyed this episode and learned something useful and want to help out in reaching a larger community, you can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and join our free Discord server where I post quizzes, book recommendations, portfolio reviews, and job postings. I even offer mentorships if you're serious about landing a UX role. And if you want to help out even farther, you can pay off some of my streaming expenses by joining our Patreon channel or buy me a cup of coffee from Starbucks remotely. I, I would love absolutely that. And we're also giving away gifts to the first 20 people that leave a review on the Apple podcast this month and to the first 50 people that join the Discord server. 
Everything is available from my website, usersfirstpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening to Users First, guys. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to the podcast to. Bye.